Welcome everyone to the 16th episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Cozell here with Nick Tartaglia. Nick, we're talking, up, about e- we're talking about e-commerce today. Basically tech, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the two biggest you can think of are, uh, well, I mean, if I was going to look at the globe and I was going to com- look at two main companies right off the bat, you're looking at um, Alibaba. And you're looking at uh, Amazon. You have uh, two of them king on different hemispheres of the world. I would even throw Shopify in there as well. Yes, but more as more of as a middleman platform. Right, right. Shopify is more of a direct, direct <laughs> platform, right? For for retailers, exactly. For re- for um, for companies to use to build their platform in order to sell directly to consumers. But then again. Shopify only provides that. So where then you lose value in terms of the people using Shopify is they don't have the logistics and the supply chain that Amazon has. You don't have the network that Amazon has. You don't have the AWS aspect that they control. Uh, They don't have the library of data to properly distinguish which products are the best. Hence why Amazon buys down their value chain. You know, they, they find out which products are selling so well. Then Amazon goes and just, they start producing Amazon basic products. Oh, this sells so well. Amazon basic product. Amazon basic product. So, it, and that's sort of been the trend, right? Like, and the 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 term drop shipping has been coined, and and a lot of money can be made just doing that. Um, it definitely requires a substantial amount of work, um, just like anything, realistically. But I think the the purpose yeah, of this the, the purpose of this episode here is we really want to talk about what's been going on in that space, how it's shifting the landscape, and how. To be honest, and I hate to say this, but how end mom and how mom and pop retail stores, if they do not adapt to these new services, these new technologies, they are not going to exist. Nope. It's it. We've reached a point now where everything, and we've been saying this for God knows how long, but everything is online. And if you're not online, you're doing something wrong, right? You're mm-hmm. you're not going to survive. It's ironic because a lot of people. A lot of people, they want to say, oh, you got to protect the mom and shops. You know, the big companies are evil, this and that. They're destroying, they're destroying the little guys. But at the end of the day, the, only, the big guys, the only way they can thrive and survive is consumers go to them and buy from them. So if you're supporting the, the little pop and shops, unless you go and support them, they're going to die. And it's, a, it's consumer behavior that dictates the trend. So the consumer is mostly at fault. Amazon, all they're doing is they're leveraging their ability to lower costs. They're, they're leveraging their ability to own the logistical supply chain. They're just leveraging what you keep feeding them, which is your dollar. So the more you feed them, the more they're just going to keep lowering their costs the way they're going to become more efficient, more effective. And then at the end of the day, if you want to support those little guys, you have, it's up to you to go and consume from them, not Amazon. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you do it. So I, again, like a lot of people, they kind of misgauge where, the responsibility kind of falls. But if you look at it from economically, I don't think it's that much of an issue because all you're seeing is just a transition. Amazon just hire more people than is required the small pop and shop. So labor wise, economically wise, I don't see much of an issue. It's more mom, of where- mom, mom and pop shops, you mean, right? Uh, as in like, if you, if we were to lose them in the economic sense of things, well, you're not losing that value in the economy because they're just transferring over under the Amazon economy. Right. It's just and a I, transfer over. Exactly. So I think it really comes down to, okay, what should the strategy be for the mom and pop shops? Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously it needs to be online. Yeah. Um, but 
how can you also support them without indirectly or sorry, directly contributing to Amazon or the e-commerce platforms? Um, it, it's, it's a tough question, you know, and it I is. find that's kind of like the guided misperception of people saying that Amazon is like evil. Uh, they're a business, this, that, that listen, they're not evil. What they are is you had a guy by the name of Jeff Bezos, who obviously doesn't need an introduction. He had a vision, he had a dream. And if you look back to where he was back in the late nineties, the guy was literally living in like the, the, the office. There's like a picture of it. It's all over the internet. The guy was living, his office desk was like a piece of plywood and he had like bricks underneath his desk. I remember so I back, I remember back in high school when all we would talk, when we, I knew what Amazon was, but Amazon was more known for its book aspect. Right. And, and that's how they started. Exactly. That's exactly how they and started. It's, it's like, can you guys... Like guys, you have to, it, it would be like chapters, which is a, not even really a big company compared to everything else out there. It's like, if you said, it's like if I'm of chapters went online and then somehow became one of the most valuable companies in the world, creating wealth of a hundred, uh, $1.5 trillion. It's like, it's a crazy story. It is an incredible story. And not only do you have to, people have to realize that Amazon is just also massively on e-commerce platform. They also have one of the biggest logistical systems, which is why they can deliver things at rapid speed like anybody else. Then there's also the fact that they own AWS, one of their tech subdivision of cloud infrastructure. Now, the two biggest competitors are Amazon and Microsoft to each other. Microsoft is usually with big tech, big companies. Their clients tend to be big, Fortune 500. Amazon has more small, medium businesses. So Amazon is just everywhere. You, it, it, that's what e-commerce does. It just so much revenue goes to them because they kind of directed that platform and they developed it to another level. Amazon is incredible. I, I would even go in and like talk about Shopify here too. A Canadian yeah. company, right? That's the best aspect of that. So Shopify else. Shopify has kind of emerged as the go-to e-commerce platform that is direct to consumer. For everybody um, else that can't develop their own platform. Right. And they've made it so simple. And, you know, even just hearing, you know, that the founders of the company, the COOs, uh, the CEO, Harley Finkelstein talk about it. It's like, we wanted to create, and I'm quoting him here, we wanted to create a platform that would allow small businesses to operate as if they're big businesses and help them there get off go. the ground. That's so it's really, it's really fueling the entrepreneurship uh, and someone's ability to basically create a product that solves a problem and then get it out to market and make it happen. I mean, this is where, this is where e-commerce and, and economics just starts flourishing now when you put it all together. And if you look at the numbers too, for the last like year, two years, I mean, it, it's been pretty impressive. Even last Last year, 2019, e-commerce grew by about 15%, right? And it is a seasonal aspect of it too, right? You know, the last two quarters are usually the ones where it starts picking up because that's usually when the holidays are, back to school, that all funnels into play. But, you know, the argument where people are saying that these people need to be, uh, you know, they need to be penalized or these companies need to be penalized, they need to be taxed, this, that, that. It's just like, why, why would you do that? Like, you're literally if you have that mindset, what you're literally saying is like, let me destroy jobs, mm -hmm. right? That's literally what's, what, what you're saying, right? So the whole landscape has, has shifted so quickly, but it's given everybody the ability and a reason to at least try and do something online. And honestly, like you, 
if you put in the time, if you put in the effort, you should have no excuse uh, being able to add maybe another stream of income is literally start an online shop, right? Maybe not with PPE because that entire market is completely saturated right now, understandably so. And there's a lot of corrupt stuff that's been pouring in from various parts of the world. But I think, you know, this is the stuff that I I personally think that they should be focusing on in universities and business school. They never had a caught anything that was related to e-commerce. Like I took a class in e-commerce. It was like, you're learning about AB testing, what color works here and there. You know what? In my mind, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, why don't you just try stuff? It doesn't matter. And they're like, well, you're going to spend too much money. I'm like, the idea is to spend money to see what works. If you're not spending the money to make it work, they could design. They could design. Like, you know how, for example, Market Watch, like when I was back in high school in secondary five, we did a half a semester of a fake mock uh, stock market competition where the class created a fake a fake account. Every student was, uh, was within the, had an account within the group and we all had a hundred thousand dollars to invest back in secondary five. And after four months, whoever yielded the highest return won the competition. Well, Shopify could do the exact same thing. It could create kind of like an edge, but there is a, there is a free, you can do a free one, but you can't sell anything but where you can create like an educational tool where you can teach in school, how to create your own online shop and this and that you can design educational tools to teach how to design certain things. Now they do it for graphic designing, this and that. I mean, the, I'm sure the tools are out there. Worst case, you go learn on YouTube. I learned how to design the site we, we have for, uh, from YouTube. <laughs> What's that? The, 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 from YouTube. I just learned how to design the site from YouTube. Oh yeah, exactly. Like that, like, everything is available at our fingertips right now. Yeah, exactly. Right? So now the question is, okay, where is this all going? Right. Mm-hmm. Who, who, what, what is going to happen, I guess, in this next, these next few, few months, few years? Well, I think it's obvious and I hate, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of bankruptcies on the horizon. A lot, a lot of retail, a lot of major, exactly. retail, a lot of major retailers who kind of how when Blockbuster was first approached by Netflix, Hey, this is like, you know, we're going to stream it online. Blockbuster laughed in their face. We're like, this will never change. Mm-hmm. The same retailers that were saying, we don't need an online platform are getting hit really hard right now. And if they're getting hit really hard, I would be willing to bet that those getting hit even harder are probably the small and medium sized ones. Because I, because a lot of them are already struggling as it were, because everyone more, there's more re, there's more capital online e-commerce world that if a lot of people are starting to transition even more online, well, then you're looking at a, a loss from the retail side. And, and well, here's the other thing too, online e-commerce in, in Canada and the States, it's still growing. This thing's online, gonna, uh, online retail, right? Yeah. Like the, yeah. this, this is still, this is still going to grow. There's such 100%. a big, there's such a big you know, there's so much left and it's even in like, you know, there's 600 last year, like the e-commerce sales total in the U S were about $600 billion. And I find that's like not even the tip of the iceberg yet. I find in five years, that number might be in the trillions at this point, 5 trillion, even like that's how big this is. And there's, there's still a lot of time to kind of develop something here, right? Grocery. Like we still haven't even looked at grocery aspect of online shopping, which can completely change in the next five years. Yeah. And I mean, they, they had to do it this year because people were like, yeah, we're not going to the grocery store because of COVID. Exactly. You know? so, so that it- kind of forced the emerging of online shopping for groceries. And I guarantee you it'll become a bigger and bigger trend, especially with older people. I bet they'll probably do it. 
it'll become more of a major trend, stuff like that, condos, you know, well, they'll have deals. Oh, you live in this condo, the store across from you, this and stuff like that. Well, it's, fu- it's, it's funny that you bring that up because I was actually having this conversation with a colleague and they were saying how in Florida, um, you know, pre-COVID, a lot of older people, they were going to the grocery store. Uh, but then during the lockdown, I mean, the grocery store sales surged about 86% online. These were online. They were ordering it from their phone. So it was like, it was like forced innovation into the online world for the older people, you know, young millennials and Gen Z is like, we're, we're, we know how to, we know to do this. Like this is kind of part of our DNA, but it was just interesting to see that even the older aspect of the, uh, of the age group is actually adapting to this much faster just because of this pandemic and lockdown that we were in. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's nuts. It's nuts. What's, what's been going and on. Even if in here is thinking, even if it doesn't go entirely online, which it won't, and there'll still be the retail physical aspect of it. Then there's, you still have to innovate the physical retail aspect of it. Because when you look at Amazon, for example, how they've become, they've started to imitate and kind of compete with China and Korea in the sense where they have a lot of retail stores now or convenience stores, grocery stores, where all you have to do is you're connected through your device. As you're walking through the store, your device connects to the store and you pick whatever you want. The store registers it through its cameras everywhere. And then as you walk out, it charges your phone. You don't have, there's no cashier. There's nothing. You walk in, you walk out with whatever you want. This is the, this, these are the new Amazon stores, right? Yeah, exactly. New Amazon stores, which you also have them in uh, China and Korea. Yeah. Well, so you, they're the, the first ones here, they're the first ones here implementing their own systems and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in China and you know, that side of the world, those guys are like 10 years ahead of us, right? Yeah. The yeah. Amazon Go stores are what they're called, right? Exactly. You literally just scan your phone, you got your account, grab your items and then you just leave. It's, you premise, it's, it's basically the premise of that they have over there. It's the same concept, except over there you're connected. They see your face. You can, it opens up, you can walk through because at the same time they want to be, they want to be able to see your face or else they, you could be uh, over there. It's, I think it's a little different there. I don't know the entire logistics and the, the software of everything they do, but that's it. It's one way or another, things have to continue to innovate because it reduces costs. It allows to be things to be more effective. It gives people more free time. Guys, just e-commerce, man, innovation. It's, it's changing the landscape of everything we know. Clothing though, as a guy, clothing is one thing that I, if I'm going to, if I have to buy stuff, I have to go see it. I have to try it on. That, that is true too. But I find we're also going to enter a period now where technology is going to allow you to like physically try it on without you being present. We're probably maybe five years away from that. I agree. Especially maybe, brand maybe, specifically. Yeah, exactly. And like the, the, and the brand stores have been getting hit hard too. Like, because Walmart, like winners, for example, like winners, because of how, because of how it sells Marshall's winners, the way it sells products, like that's where you have to go and try. But let's say you want to buy, like, um, you want to buy, um, a Gucci or whatever, uh, anything you want online. Well, it'll prov- the platform will allow you to scan all your dimensions and it'll, it'll design the shirt to fit you properly and it'll just ship it to you. Uh, like it's, it's that convenient. You know, it's funny too. And we'll talk about Amazon again, but like I ordered stuff off, Am- like we ordered our stuff off of Amazon almost all the time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I was just amazed. Like I didn't even have prime and prime is obviously that subscription service that like you use and like, you'll get it within the day or like the same afternoon, you know? And then I ordered the stuff. It said, your stuff will be here uh, in five business days. It showed up in two days. You know what I mean? So like they have the logistics down. Like I don't understand why people want to hate on Amazon. If Jeff Bezos 
you know, if he wants to continue to, to build out this empire, which he is, which I find personally admirable because the guy put in the work. He didn't just get there overnight. It took it's him funny. like what twenty nine years, right, to you get to where he's at. You can't you can't look at Jeff Bezos without looking at Amazon when you look at him. He is Amazon in and yeah. out. His life is dedicated to building an empire. Guys, men like this that that thrive to develop and grow things without them. Our society rarely ever innovates. You need people like that for competition and innovation because it forces everybody else to say, well, I have to pick up my game too. It, 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 it's external pressure. You need things like that for innovation or else people get lazy. Well, speak, speak, speaking of competition, um, here's a name that nobody thought was going to be in, in the discussion of like crazy e-commerce is Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a company that's been around since the late, I think the late sixties started in Arkansas, one store, their first year, they made about $900,000 worth of sales. Okay. Back then that's probably a lot, which is a lot of money. But like, if you think about it now, these guys are making that every, like every, every minute, right. Cause they're, they're just that big, but Walmart recently launched, um, the deal I with Shopify, I, right? No, 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 no. Um, they partnered they partnered up, I think they, with Shopify. They, they partnered with Shopify. Um, but it was through to create an online, uh, e-commerce platform that is in direct competition with Amazon. Yeah. So I think it was Walmart go was the name of the e-commerce stuff. I'm not entirely sure. I'll find it here, but it, it, it is, it is a strategy that it's going to, it's, it's going head to head against Amazon. Well, I wouldn't, I, the intent is to go head to head, I would say. But it's they're not there yet because they don't have the logistical and supply chain aspect that Amazon has, and two, they don't have the economics that Amazon has. Right, but here's and the Walmart, beauty about Amazon. Here's Walmart beauty, also, uh, yeah, go go. Here's the beauty about Walmart. Uh, they have so much cash on hand right now mm-hmm. that they are ready and ripe, and they've probably made so much money just because everybody has been buying from the store. They are sitting, and I'll check the number here, but they are sitting on so much cash. It would be stupid for them not to do some kind of an acquisition of like a logistical company that would allow them to get ahead. You know what I mean? But again, so my point is, so simply my point is from the current standpoint, what they've, what they're doing is showing an intent to evolve and go against and go ahead against Amazon. But it hasn't, we don't know all the details yet to assume how likely it is for them to do well compared to Amazon. Like you said, having the cash on hand, it would make sense for them to do something in order to allow them to develop further into their, into their logistical system so they can compete better versus Amazon. Because at the end of the day, Amazon is king for the fact that things are priced nicely. You have Amazon basic products, which are extremely cheap and basically are good quality and they deliver things insanely fast. Well, here's the thing, right? And I think just looking at the financials of both these companies, um, Walmart's sitting on about $14 billion worth of cash. What's the market I'm, cap? What's the market cap? For Walmart? Walmart? Yeah. Yeah. And Amazon is sitting on $27 billion. Yeah. Um, Walmart's market cap right now is, <laughs> is, uh, is three, $373 billion, And then obviously Amazon is $1.5 trillion. Yeah. So <laughs> this, is, this is, Amazon is here. And Walmart is still here. So they have a, Walmart has a lot of catching up to do, but I think, you know, with time it, it, it's going to happen, but this is, this is the new, 
you know, when, when Amazon first came public, I think all of the analysts were just like, this company's never going to make it. They didn't turn a profit until I think 2013 or 2014. Yeah. Now it's like they've gotten so powerful and so big that they could literally compete with the biggest retailer in North America right now. They are. I, I would consider them the biggest because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to merge e-commerce and retail together right now. They're probably considered them and Alibaba are considered the two world's biggest retailers by far. The way they do things, they're by far the biggest. We see the thing is Amazon right now is not a purchase. If we're going to talk about evaluations right now, Amazon is not something I would even consider because Amazon still has a PE multiple of probably like oh, I don't 141. At its peak, it had a multiple of about 150. So for guys who want to understand basically when we say price earned, generally, as long as the comparables for most people within a certain industry, the PEs are relatively the same. You don't need to really look at the PE, but when the PE becomes excessively absurd. It's like you're, all you have to do is look at it and be like, okay, now it just doesn't make sense anymore. In this case, the way you look at it would basically saying that assuming their earnings don't grow year after year, it would take 141 years of earnings to basically cover the price of their market cap. That's why it's called price to earnings ratio. It is a little absurd. The only way that would ever make sense is if Amazon were to have exceptional growth year over year over year, which would then bring the multiple down and makes them grow into that evaluation. But then the issue becomes if you stay stagnate at that price of $3,000, okay, if you stay at that price, well then can you still chase that multiple or do you just let the price stagnate for a while until it actually catches up to that multiple and then it could continue to grow. If you're waiting, if you're assuming stagnation, the stock can stay flat for a couple of years because the multiple is excessive. It's either that or it comes down. If it continues to rise, you're just increasing the P, which is excessive valuation. And, and, and like guys, to give an example, the dot-com bubble bur when the bursted, multiples for tech companies were around 30. Huh. Right now, Amazon alone is excessive. But like the other guys, Apple, Microsoft, Google, they're more around the 30 range, 35 range, so on. Facebook, like 28, 29. So they're, they've pushed, but they're still a quarter, a quarter, a quarter but here, here, whatever Amazon is right here. Here's, 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 the, here's the debate about PEs, right? And you're, you're obviously hitting sort of the, the real definition of how to look at PE ratios. But I also think that right now, PE ratios, like they're a bit misleading. Um, yes, but... but but in this context, it's not misleading. It's excessive, the PE. Well, yes yes, and no, because you have to look at other things that contribute to, to, to Amazon's growth. Yes, but that's what I'm trying to say is the only way the PE in this case can make sense is if you have exceptional growth for years to come, which right. allows your business, business to grow into that multiple. Yeah, so they would- they would, they would grow into they, that multiple, then what happens is you're saying, well, I'm all, all, year after year, just going to trickle down by one, one. One or it stays at that, and it means that a norm, the new norm multiple for Amazon becomes in the hundred range, which eventually you have to stop growing. You can't excessively grow at that speed for years to come. Well, because then your entire operation will crumble, right? So this it just is doesn't the valuation as a as a as a shareholder. It just it's scary to buy that because it's saying, well, what if it can easily collapse in the price? Because yeah, tell, the valuation is so excessive. Tell, tell that to the guy who bought Amazon in 2010 for like less than 300 bucks. He's probably laughing to the bank right now. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like 
When you're looking at a comparison, I mean, Walmart to me, if you were going to buy one of these, I would buy Walmart. It pays yeah. a dividend. Uh, and also Valuation makes sense, right? The PE is 25. If, if Amazon goes into a high growth period, Walmart could end up probably removing their dividend because if they say, well, we need to go aggressive now and build out, but it, it, it becomes Walmart then becomes a growth story. But then what, what exactly? So what, what is what is Walmart at that point? Like, and what is Amazon, right? Amazon, they're, they're very different, but they're, they're very different, but in a way they could be very similar, right? Exactly. But that's why. So for me, it's this, if Walmart, like in terms of evaluations, in terms of outlook, again, Amazon, I'm not, I'm never going to doubt Amazon, but as an investor, you always have to consider the evaluation and the numbers because sometimes it doesn't make sense as an investor, even though the story, even though the company itself is fantastic, sometimes evaluations are pushed, are pushed to extremes. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, the all time high was 30, uh, $3,300. It's already down $350. So it's already lost about 12% from its high. Um, and that's what, in two days? Yeah, in like two days. Yeah. That, so then again, we're, we're playing percentages here, right? Too. Yeah. The thing you have to look at too is, okay, what am I getting at in terms of a, you know, what, what multiple, to me, what multiple makes the most sense? And I usually look at EV over uh, EBITDA. So for those of you that don't know EBITDA, it's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Those are really like the true earnings of the company, right? That, that is like, what is the company minus like, forget the amortization of the business, but what is that company actually making? And then you, you divide that by, uh, the, the enterprise value, which in this case is the book value. Um, and you get to see it off of a balance sheet and assets. And it, exactly. But income statement and balance sheet, exactly. but um, a reasonable, more reasonable evaluation. Yeah. You're, you're looking at Amazon right now, like at 2,900 bucks, I'm paying 32 times the EV over EBITDA multiple. That's pretty expensive. If you look at Walmart, that same multiple, you're paying about 11 times. So you have to think about it too. Like, what is your strategy? Are you more focused on growth or are you more focused on a little bit of growth with, with more, with, with stable income, right? Cause you could tell Walmart's Walmart right now, if you look at their revenues, they've been consistent for the last, what are those eight quarters at around 550, 530 uh, mil, uh, billion dollars. Whereas Amazon, it's like, it's a continuing growth story, like you said. Yeah. But you know, guys, you see, to go up. Yeah, but see, that's the thing though. You, you can't always be, confused because the thing is there's so many variables that you look at sometimes that in this context, when you're looking at a market cap of $1.5 trillion, when you're looking at a P multiple of 140, 141, 142, 403, it does, at this point, it doesn't really make that much of a difference between one or two. The point is, yes, Amazon continue to grow, but as an investor, the only way up from now, let's say you decide to buy Amazon at $3,000. The only way up from here for your price is for people to either in the short term for people to push the price multiple even higher or which is speculate, which is speculation. Exactly. Because that's like saying what you want the price to go to hundred to 200 times. You're getting absurd at a certain point. Then unless at a certain point and because of inflation, multiples become more inflated also as a result, probably that could potentially be also another outlook, which, but that's more speculation thought right now that I had on the spot. So I'm not entirely sure with that one. So put that out to the side for now. But then what happens is if you buy this at 3000, it comes down because the multiple is excessive or it stagnates. If it goes, continues to go higher, this multiple can go all the way to 200, which is excessive, which is, it's, is in. Well, absolute, that, I, 
at that point, it needs to come down, right? Yes, it, that's, that's just, what it is. That's just, that's just how stocks work. Exactly. So, and it, it doesn't have a dividend, right? Amazon doesn't have a dividend. That means the volatility, if they miss earnings or if you know, there's a bad piece of news that comes out, the stock, the stock could cradle. They're far more focused on growth, Amazon. But the thing is, Amazon's the way they're priced at and the way they're, they're vol- the, the way they move, this is a company now that you want to be more on the sidelines with and wait for opportunities to enter and not chase an entry point. Wait for opportunities for this company. Let it come back down to 2000 or 1000 Like if it comes back to 2000 it loses 30%. Then it would probably come back to a price earnings around range of, uh, I would say 60, 20, 50. Uh, I, 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 I'd probably say, say around 100. Yeah, yeah. It would 90 and 100 if it came back nine, to 2000. Well, Although it's, it's, it's hard to fight that right now because there's pretty good support there at the 2,700 level. But again, when you look at, you know, you got to ask yourself what the question is. Do you want to be paying such a high premium for a stock uh, that doesn't necessarily have the potential to grow so quickly, right? Exactly. Whereas the Wal- only, yeah. Walmart to me personally, I think it's a much safer bet. You yeah. know, because you're getting a dividend. It, it has that stability. It, hasn't it has been, the cash. It's willing yeah. to innovate and evolve now. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of like a stable growth business. Amazon is just like, okay, what do we got to do next? Again, yeah. both very interesting businesses, but they've, they've really changed the landscape. And I think they're going to continue to uh, push forward. Shop like if of- I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, if I was 60 years old and I had capital, there's no way I'd probably be touching Amazon right now. Because no, I, I don't know what in the short term, the next five years will happen in terms of price. But if I was going to look at a price, then yeah, I would probably go for Amazon, uh, for uh, Walmart yeah. if I was six years old because the valuation makes more sense and they're looking on growing and evolving, which means that you can get a better midterm, midterm kind of outlook for them. It makes more sense. Amazon, again, it's not about the company now. It's about the evaluation and the numbers. And as an investor, you have to be cautious when you look at certain details because then you get stuck. You don't want to get stuck on prices, especially unless you go really long. If you're going to go freaking long, go long at these prices or else because the short-term noise is going to cause you a lot of headache. It'll be volatile, right? And that's yeah. the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the valuation multiples here, like Amazon price to earnings, like 125, like 30s, like high 20s, price to book value exactly. at 20s. Walmart, it's like barely, barely at like seven. Exactly. You know, like, again, it depends what your strategy is, but I mean. Is it, if Walmart goes heavily on e-commerce now, Mm-hmm. you could see an excessive drastic cut in terms of expenses because they require less labor force. They do this and that. So you could see a drastic, you could see a drastic improvement in their margins. And even if let's say revenues itself don't grow, but margins definitely improve. Well, because margins improve, that means earnings per share improves. That means they end up having more cash. Their balance sheet improves. So you get to earn a better multiple as a result. So that alone could help improve the overall outlook of, of Walmart. Even if it doesn't mean more revenue, it means a better balance sheet. A better balance sheet can still earn a better multiple. And I think that's probably the most important uh, piece of financial information most people should be looking at. That is the balance sheet. What does the cash flow statement say? You know, yeah. you guys, it, you have to align that with your horizon. What's your strategy? What are you looking at? You're going short-term, mid-term, long-term. If you're going short-term, like you have to understand what are they about to do that's going to impact the price short term. Does the market allow it? Does the valuation allow it? Like at this evaluation for Amazon, for example, if I want to hold it for one year burst, you're going pure speculation, just hoping pure momentum because based on evaluations alone, this is not sustainable. It should be more, more likely to come down purely based on the fact that you have that kind of multiple market cap, that much volume, that much of a rise. Like, 
in the short term, I'd be scared in the mid, if I would go long term, okay, I'm less worried, but I would rather wait because if it comes down 20, 30% more, which it easily can, especially with everything going on like that, then you would get yourself a bargain and you can go long. You can look, you could be patient for long-term positions. Right. Again, I'm just looking at Amazon's balance sheet. It's just like, it's totally, don't get me wrong. You want to invest it, go ahead. I believe in the story, but it's just, it's totally absurd. The valuation that you're paying for this. Like, exactly. it, like I what agree. are the, like the net worth of this company on paper is, where is it? Yeah. It's 220, $221 billion with a market cap of 1.4 trillion. Do you do? And this is where you got to fill the gap. It's like, how are they going to make that 1.4 trillion? What's that, like what does that gap look like? That's a lot of money, man. Amazon is like, a, the way you have to look at Amazon is kind of like an established startup company because yeah. they're always in that startup mindset. It's grow, 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 grow. They've never had really a maturity. Like usually business cycles, you'll have startup, you start, then you kind of start a hyper growth and then you mature and you either start declining from your maturity because you kind of, other companies are evolving around you or you evolve and you adapt and then you continue your growth phase again. Well, Amazon never really matured. It just kept its it high kept growth growing. phase. It just, so right now, when you look at their balance sheet, it's like, of course, it's a little effed up this and that, but it's because, and it's why they don't care about their earnings per share because everything they make goes back into the business. Grow, grow, don't stop innovating. And that's why Amazon has done so well in the last two decades because all they focused on is innovation. And most companies that focus entirely on innovation always do well. Listen, if the business model works, just keep at it, right? Exactly. But again, like you said, right? For them, it works. Doesn't mean as an investor, everything works. Yeah, no, it's true, man. I mean, the Amazon story is is an interesting one. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it right now. I, I would look at Walmart. I'd be like, okay, Walmart yeah. actually makes sense. This is I a agree. good valuation. You mm-hmm. know, it still has room to grow. It's obviously recession proof. Um, it actually yeah. surged during uh the 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 crash because everyone was like everyone's rushing to walmart so i think the important thing here too is like okay like these are these are some of the rules it's like when you're looking at the these e-commerce plays when you're looking at these retail plays you gotta be like okay where am i buying all the time you know i usually go to walmart you know we don't have an amazon here in quebec but like every time you walk into walmart it's like they've had their shit figured out in turn and they added groceries i think like four years ago because they realize that that is another area that they could serve to their, you know, their, the, the, the target audience you, there I, you, or their type of consumer. About Walmart right now? You're talking about Walmart right now? It just made me think of something for Walmart. It's true because if you look at this way, Walmart has a, has a lot of stores, physical stores in North America, right? Has yeah. a lot of stores. So in reality, what's the n- biggest factor that Amazon requires to def- to properly build out its uh, its uh, delivery infrastructure? It's having physical stores that they can store everything. Amazon, uh, Walmart could eventually just say, "We're going to start. We're going to close a third of all our stores in North America, and we're going to convert them into warehouses." Exactly. So yeah. they already have the entire. They, they already the, have they all have, the physical presence. Yeah, they have, they the, have the physical presence. So all they have to do is convert it. If they convert it, they could start competing. So that alone gives you them like I kind of see it now. You know, looking at that. So if I'm going to look at a growth story, yes, I would rather right now touch Walmart purely because of the sense that evaluation wise they're still discounted for the sense they're purely looked as more of a retail. But if they end up evolving into more of an e-commerce company that can compete more international, more of like in North America level with Amazon, they can end up getting a better multiple and they can drastically improve their financials and revenues. Do you, do you know what the physical store account for Amazon is? Right. right now? I know it's, I know it's high. It's a couple thousand. No, 
Not even close. Five five hundred and twenty six physical retail locations, nineteen of which are book are just bookstores, right? Walmart. Oh, has, okay, yeah, your Amazon. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking Walmart. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Walmart's got Walmart's got eleven thousand, twelve thousand yeah. stores. So, like to your point, they could literally take the Convert. stores that are not doing well in terms of sales and saying, screw it, we're going to turn them into distribution centers. And the next exactly. thing you know, it's like, they're like directly competing with Amazon. Exactly. So, again, I mean like e-commerce- The next five years, the next five years could be very interesting for Walmart. Oh, huge, huge. I- I'm with you on that. And like, I, I again, I-, I like Walmart as an investment on that on that front because they- they've got good prices too, right? They're able to control the, the-, the suppliers. The suppliers- Unfortunately, you, you kind of get screwed when you're, when you're dealing with Walmart because they, they tell you a price and you have to match that. And if you don't match it, they're not going to take you. So mm-hmm. it's part of power, bargaining power of the supplier right there. Um, let's talk about Shopify real quickly because this, again, I know we talked about it really yeah, briefly, but let me, pop of, up the, let me pop up the financials and everything there. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this, this valuation is really interesting too, uh, but it's a small company and they're not profitable yet. So, so there, th- th- this company right now is still in pure growth phase. Okay. Great company. Um, I mean, they were a bargain about a year and a half ago. You could have got it for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I see their market cap and their EV is relatively the same. They have a net income that's in the negative 125 million. Uh, their revenue is 1.6 billion. Okay. So, so if you compare the revenue versus their market cap, uh, I mean, versus the market cap, you're still looking at it a hundred times. So purely revenues to market cap, it's a hundred X, which is so still, it's a, it's a steep valuation, yeah. right? The metric What's, doesn't make sense, but like yeah. when you look at it from a very intangible and sort of a growth story, um, the valuation yeah. from the qualitative aspect of it, which is weird to say, I mean, this is just mm-hmm. new finance now, but, um, the qualitative aspect of this business, I think there's so much more value that this thing can bring. Especially with the deal with the Walmart, it could drastically improve the revenues. Yeah. But it, the thing is though, guys, again, like when we looked at Amazon, for example, is are you buying at a price? You have to look at your multiples, right? So if you're going to buy this right now, you're accepting the fact that right now, let's say revenues in the next three years or five years goes to $20 billion. And let's say their net income is 20% margin or 50% margin. So they're netting 10 billion. For used to see growth, if this market cap goes to 200 billion and they're only netting earning of $10 billion on a total revenue of 20 billion, because I'm saying in five years, 1.5 revenue annually to 20 billion. So I'm giving them a huge growth outlook in the next five years by doing that. So you're at 20 billion earning, your net earnings is 10 billion and your market cap is now 200 billion. You're, you're now looking at 20, at 200 X multiple, which again, as a, as an investor, I, I, again, their growth story right now is fantastic as a price multiple and a price in terms of, as an investor, I'm a little scared because I rather a, there to be a pop, for them to come down for me to enter a position. Like if, if, if Shopify, I, I honestly, I, I would get into Shopify if it went down to like, you know, 750, 800 Canadian. What's it, what's at the price right now? It's, it's a 1,002. If it lost, yeah, if it lost, I would give, like if you lost 30%, that's the same thing we were looking for Amazon. Yeah. Lose, give it a loss. Of, but that's the thing then. Does e-commerce now get a new standard multiple of around 100? 
Again, the, that's that's the million dollar question, right? Because it, it, that's the standardized. You you, you kind of have to be. We have to in investing. That's why industries have standard multiples that you kind of use as comparables. Comparables, exactly. It gives you it gives you a baseline, right? Because if Amazon is the perfect is a perfect example, and then they're doing a hundred, and then a random little company comes in and they're barely doing an Amazon doing, it, and they have a multiple of three hundred. And you're not going to grow as fast as Amazon. Well, you're, 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 you've, you've exceeded your possible evaluation. You should not be above a hundred. So it kind of gives you kind of like thresholds. Shopify has a fantastic for story going forward, especially with the partnership with Walmart. But then again, as an investor, when I'm looking at that, it's like, if you, in the next five years, you improve your revenues by 10 times and you net 50% margin on your earnings, your earnings per share. Sure. Nice. But your market cap and your P multiples insane. If you want to go up from here, assuming a double in market cap in the next five years with like 10, 20 times, uh, what about a 10 times in revenue multiple uh, conversion? So you end up with 20 billion revenues in the next five years, which is, it, it's generous. It's a very generous offer. It's 18, it, bi 18 billion. Yeah. Yeah. It's $18 billion. I'm giving them $18 billion of growth in revenues over five years with a double in the market cap. If you do that with a 50% margin, you're looking at a 200 X multiple in PE, which is, does that become a new norm? Again, because it's new variables, it has to be more observable. It's more of an observable statement. It's not something I can disprove you, right you, now. You can't, you can't value these things and have a fundamental approach. That's the thing that I've realized, especially with a company like Shopify. But again, the partnership with Walmart and Shopify, clearly a direct stab at Amazon. Um, you know, over time, who knows? Walmart might acquire a much deeper stake in the company. You know, and the beauty, the, the, the one thing I love about Shopify, apart from it being a Canadian company, um, their management team, they've had their, they just, they're just focused. Like these guys, like since I think it was like 2005, they kind of just figured like, this is what we're going to do. This is where the future is going. They're kind of the trend centers of that. Now they've started doing lending right? You've reached a point too, like it, that could be the best feeling in the world. You make so much money. You're just like, you, you eventually become a lender. Um, but that's another area of the business that could help them grow. My only concern with that particular business, uh, is I, I mean, I've worked in lending. It's a very thin margin business. It is, it's very, very thin, but the idea is they are basically helping small businesses kind of get off the ground, yeah. you know, fixed terms. And then they're there. And you know, that's going to kind of build that loyalty and, and goodwill with those, with those clients that they're going to end up growing on the Shopify platform and eventually become like their own type of business. So it's a unique approach. It's a risky approach, but I think it's something that's going to pay off, especially considering the banks are doing all these credit checks now with people. Um, you know, it's so easy. It's so difficult. Let me, let me rephrase that. It's so easy to walk into a bank and ask for a mortgage. Right. But you know, God forbid you ask them for like a business loan. They're going to ask you all these questions. And you're just gonna be like, this is such a waste of time. Shopify fine can really narrow that gap. Use that as opportunity. Okay. What are your revenues? What did you make last year? How can we get bigger? You know what I mean? So there's so many ways that these, these, this particular company can grow right now. I mean, they're going to continue to have the, the brand names, you know, they've got the celebrities using their platforms. They got very big, you know, every major influencer is using Shopify to sell their Most products. People will if to sell your product, most people to do your own website will end up using Shopify, which means you give, you have access to a lot of individual people that want to 
artists, this and that, you have access to a lot of people. So again, I don't disagree with the whole story growth outlook of uh, Shopify. I'm more conservative in terms of the sense when I look at their fun, they're more of their balance sheet and their evaluations. That's where I kind of get a little more. But again, if you enter your position with Shopify, be aware of your data and then accept that that's the evaluation you're accepting for yourself. And this way you can accept moving forward because if something happens in the short term, the only re where it doesn't make sense anymore is in the evaluations. You just have to be conscious of the, all the factors. And then by doing so, it becomes easier to enter your position and accept whatever the outcome is in the short term because of all the noise. I just want to give you a comparable right now to Alibaba. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. Before you say anything, yeah. I do not know much about Alibaba okay, besides the fact that they're like the Amazon of exactly. China. Exactly. So all check this out. This is actually crazy. If you look at their, if you look at them, so let's say, so can you just go find to me the total revenues earned by, uh, by Amazon? I just want to do a comparable on that. You want the quarterly revenue? Uh, give me the annualized. Versus Alibaba. Yeah. I just want to do a comparable just to see it. Cause I want to compare their evaluations and I want to see what, what the differences are. We're going to get chirped. They're going to be like, guys, this, these people should have been way more prepared than just looking at like financials while they're recording this episode. <laughs> this is the best <laughs> shit though. This is the best stuff It's honestly guys, this is how you have to look at stuff. You have to compare things. You have to look at numbers. You just, this is fun. If you don't look at if you don't like doing these things, you're never going to enjoy really being in investing. It's like a puzzle. So, so exactly. So you want, you want the annualized revenue yeah. for Amazon. So what's our annualized revenue? So we're looking at 2019. Yeah. Yeah. They did 280 billion. Okay. So revenue for Alibaba is 73 billion right now. Okay. USD. So, so they're doing a third in the revenue. Their net income is still really nice. It's about 35%. It's at 21.3 billion. Their market cap is only 655 billion. And they have a multiple of about 30 right now. But yeah. what we're not looking at is most of China is still heavily untapped. That's the key. And they have, they have India next to them that they can also ex excessively tap into after. If you're looking at a growth story from just India and China alone, from Asia, Alibaba can do insanely well because... I, they've only started to scratch the surface of tapping into the power of their own economy. China will be the largest economy in the world. That's a fact because of the large population and their population builds more wealth and their economy grows, eventually exceeds. They have a larger population. So that alone, and then Alibaba can touch it to India, which is right next door. So that's crazy though. If you look at the difference. Yeah, Alibaba is still growing too, just by looking at these trends here. Valuation multiples are pretty standard. But again, yes. I, find, I find with tech, anything e-commerce related now, a multiple of like 15 to 30 of like PE or 35 is not absurd. If you're getting on like the lower end of that, that's like a buy. If it's exactly. below 20, like you're just exactly, laughing. Exactly. But these guys because, are... yeah. These guys, if they're, 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 they're hovering at 30, 35 right now, I mean, like that, that's steep, you know? You don't want to pay a premium for that right now. Mm -hmm. but again, I'll, because of China and the growth story of China and India and everything like that, if you're going long, if you're going to compare Alibaba versus Ali, uh, Amazon, as much as I love Amazon because it's <laughs> Jeff Bezos and the company and everything it's done, if I'm going to go purely from an evaluation perspective and a long position, I would rather Alibaba. But again, most brokerages in North America don't allow you to have exposure to Asian companies unless they're listed in North America, but some, many of them are but not. Baba, ba Baba has been by far, I think the most trusted uh, yeah. sort of uh, large cap on the New York stock exchange, which yeah. is a good thing. 
the question still remains to be seen, right? The thing, and this is the one risk with Alibaba right now is politics, obviously. Um, the whole trade deal with China and the U.S. is just, it's gone, it's gotten pretty sour. But Alibaba doesn't depend on North America. That is correct. That is correct. They're in China only. Um, primarily. Primarily. Europe and then India is right next door. Right. So when the Senate came out and said, uh, we are changing the rules for Chinese companies to abide by IFRS standards, which are the accounting standards. A lot of these companies started pulling out. I think Baba is going to be there to stay. Yeah, what you're probably. doing is you're essentially buying a company. I personally just looking at the valuations and stuff here right now with Alibaba, and it's still the fact that it's on a growth trajectory. Yeah, this, well, this could this, this yeah. could be a thousand dollar stock in like a year and a half. Yeah, I, I honestly just just the thought. If if you wanna if you want to if, like let's say everything e-commerce wise continues to but the thing is, people have completely overlooked uh, Asia right now. So that's why a lot of these Asian stocks have been underlooked. But let's say you want to provide a comparable. Yeah, if you bring this to 100, if you bring this multiple to three times, the stock could do easily three times. And you bring it more to a PE multiple of 100, especially since I see Alibaba growing into their multiple far more easier than Amazon, only because Alibaba has a huge economy still untapped with and still has a lot of infrastructure building out that will only fundamentally improve their overall business. So yeah, I would rather Alibaba right now than Amazon. So what, what, I guess, I guess the, the million, and the volume dollar. is not even that high. Yeah. Cause nobody wants to touch it in the <laughs> States for whatever reason. But, um, again, I think just, just talking about this right now, um, the trend is your friend, especially in this, in this sector, especially uh, with tech also tech tech. I mean, it's, it's blown out of the water. I was looking at the, I was looking at the NASDAQ though, pretty interesting week ahead. Um, we're kind of veering away from sort of what we've been talking about, but <laughs> tech, tech, tech has kind of just led this entire rally that we've yeah. seen the main company next week that's reporting. And we'll talk about it real, real briefly before we, we, we hop off here, but it, it is Tesla and Tesla has been on an absolute tear. Um, something I don't think most people just can't quite understand. Um, millennials and Robinhood investors who are buying these call options probably made a fortune. Congrats to them. Um, I would never short Tesla ever. I would never bet against Elon Musk, but they have earnings on Wednesday and this upcoming Wednesday. And that's a big one because if they miss the earnings, I would expect this stock to cradle. And by cradle, I mean, it would probably dip below a thousand bucks. So they really need to have a ridiculous earnings beat. And if, it, if they beat earnings, they might even hit 2000. That's how crazy the story is, right? And then the story from an institutional perspective, guys, because remember a lot of the landscape in the, in the market is heavily dictated by algorithms and institutions because they're the, they're the whales of the ocean, right? Yeah. So sometimes as a retail investor, if you're trying to follow a wave and trying to time it perfectly like a surfer, you kind of have to gauge the wave. And a lot of the waves are dictated by these factors. So if, these, if this price pushes 2000 within this year, like some of these institutions, man, Wow. If you don't take, if you don't start taking some profit off the table, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, wow, 2000, that would bring this stock, the market cap to what? 300, 350 billion. Stock? Well, they'd be, the, they, they'd be, they're already the largest by market cap, yeah. the largest auto yes. manufacturer in the world. You know, what's funny though. I was in a Tesla yesterday. I took an Uber. I was just like, wow. Like the guy looked at me and I'm like, would you ever go back to get like a gas car? He's like, I don't think so. You know, it's, it's, it's literally, a Tesla is a smartphone on wheels. Yeah. 
We'll, 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 and it's we'll, good for the environment. So, we'll, so Gre- we'll, Greta, Greta's going to love that. We'll make, we'll make the next episode of a Tesla conversation because, yeah, but, uh, but <laughs> because I, everybody loves Tesla. Yeah, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll dedicate a full episode to it. But I, I, again, it's something to bring up because this, this story has been absolutely insane. Um, yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like I have a buddy, he bought it at the dip there in March. He bought it like at 350. Yeah, exactly. So I, I called him when it hit 1700. I'm like, buddy, you're a better stock picker than I am. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, have you seen Tesla? He's like, no, he looked at it. It was 1700 bucks. He starts laughing. I'm like, you're, you, you got balls, my friend. So did he sell it? No, he's still holding it. Did he sell it? He, he, sell he, it? he wants, no, he's still what? holding it. No, he still. He told me he's like, I got a ten. I I I got a ten year approach. I'm like, but he made okay, okay, fine. But he, if you make four extra money, take the money you invested out, and it's free stocks after. Right, right. So I told him like, listen, take. That's all. I told him I'm like, listen, it's probably a good idea if you take fifty or twenty five percent off the table. That way you have some cash going. You still have a lot. And it's a free ride. It's a free ride after. Literally a free ride. What's the loss with taking your capital out and saying? ride for free go 10 years go 20 years go but it's no longer your money in the sense that you didn't risk any capital anymore right it's market money basically so your you risk pay. your risk is absolutely zero at this point it's 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 casino money it's free. it's let it ride now that's what you want to do so so i think the 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 moral here and like the takeaway is pay attention to these companies um if you haven't been already they are the big movers um, they are going to continue to drive the market action. We're going to do another episode just specifically on Tesla. Talk about how that, that 10 year timeline of like when Elon Musk brought it public and how he's just such a different entrepreneur than most people can understand. Um, but yeah, I think Nick, what, what's one, what's the one stock that you would buy out of the ones that we talked about? The ones we bought right now, if I was to buy only because uh, if are we talking now or are we talking we're looking for an entry you're, story? you're well uh, you, what's your strategy your strategy is long-term growth right well I, it depends you, i could swing trade sometimes but a lot, a lot of times i like to look for entry positions to enter long positions because the best hedge against everything you do in the short term as a risk is is hedged by your long-term positions because this way you ensure long-term capital look if i was going to go long-term right now i would probably rather alibaba long-term long-term if I'm going to look for, they, 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 Alibaba covers all my scenarios. If I'm going to look more of a North American and I'm going to look as a growth story, I would also get into both. I would want Walmart also, but I would go a little more midterm and then I would follow the story also closely just to see that they're doing what they need to do in order to continue to be a competitor versus Amazon. Wal- if Walmart, Wal- Walmart's a safer bet though. It's a safe story. Yeah, that's it. So look, if I'm if I'm going if I because I do going down, I'm I'm focusing on developing exposure into China and your and uh, Asia because if you want to be if you want to be a global investor, it's exposure you kind of want, and that's something I want. I don't want to be entirely allocated to North America. I want exposure all around the world. But again, Walmart with everything they have, their physical stores, what they're capable of, their partnership, the fact that their balance sheet is good, the fact that their, their revenues are fine, they're recession proof. I would also enter a position, probably Walmart. 
uh, Amazon, I'd be waiting for a specific. I, 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 I would wait for me, Amazon, if it dips below 2,200 bucks, I think that's a buy for me. I, I just wouldn't touch it. Otherwise it just doesn't yeah, make sense. It, Even it, if it goes to 4,000, you're like, you're stupid. I'm like, well, yes, you know what? Exactly. That's the thing though. People, you cannot, just because something goes in an opposite direction that you assume, if you look at the factors in front of you and you're saying, well, probability wise, you're better off being pessimistic over optimistic data supports one or the other just because something goes the opposite direction and it goes the opposite direction out of no real real reason it doesn't mean you're wrong it just means that okay the play didn't turn out you thought but you still saved your capital either way like there's there's nothing wrong with being conservative especially when you're analyzing stuff you will always miss certain things because the market is sometimes irrational just because something is irrational does not mean your analysis ha can't be ra can't be rational as a result just what it is, man. You got to be patient because patience pays in this space. Yeah. So anyway, any, any final words there? No, I just, you know what you, if you guys want to be investors, man, you have to look at everything, man. Look at the yeah. story, look at the company, look at the comparables, look at the multiples, look at their balance sheet, look at the graph, look at the growth story. There's so many factors to look at when you're going to be an investor. You, and this is why we do it. This is why we do it on here because this is what we like to do. And this is fun. <laughs> yeah. And you got, you got to look, you got to, you can't discount the financials. Like you got to look at them. You got to analyze them. You got to take a look at them. Yeah. It's the only way you'll actually understand like where the trends are going and always if, if the trend makes sense too. If yeah. the trend makes sense, the, the, the financial support, you know, like you want to be, you want to buy a, you want to buy a Ferrari. Okay. But if I look at your financials and it doesn't make sense for you to buy it, clearly the story doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Sounds like about 20, 20% of the people who are down in Florida right now living off credit. Who knows? I'm, not, I, 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 I'm obviously kidding, but I think that's something to take, take it to Sound, consider. Sounds also like most millennials who want everything, but have, don't know how to actually fill that gap. <laughs> it's so true, man. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. It'll be, uh, we're going to talk about Tesla. We'll talk about something that's been the, basically the current events. Uh. Um, Maybe the U.S. election, since it's about a hundred days can, away or something. I'm I'm down. If you want, we can do an episode too. I'm down for like a kind of like conversation about the, like the geopolitical landscape of things and how it affects the market. The Let's market, what, the, the market, the, the market China, I, U.S. Yeah, exactly. The China yeah, U.S. Yeah. tension. Who companies can get negatively impacted from? You know those factors. All right, guys, stay safe out there. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Ciao, guys. <laughs>